You're listening to Were You Still Talking? They pump out your blood and they pump in a, a new batch of blood and all of it is the blood of children. All the big stars are going to be on TV now. I mean, it's just the way it's going. Your role, I think, will be played by Brad Pitt. What'd you wear? Uh, I wore my loincloth wrapped around my feet. Are you going by John today? And that's absolutely true. You feel it in every cell in your body. Yeah, you can, you can bend the truth and bend the visualizations no matter what your political affiliation. You could have an alpaca. My a, a girlfriend's daughter recently got married and they had llamas or alpacas at the wedding. A recording room. They recorded uh, a couple songs in the kitchen of Rumbo. So, wait, you, you, you microdosed before this, right? What? Hey, welcome back. This is Were You Still Talking? And it is 5 a.m. in the morning and... No, it isn't. It's not. Don't believe anything I say. This is Joel Albrecht, and today on the show we have Stephen Jenkins. He's a self-described recovering piano student, anyone can relate to that, who helps people with busy schedules learn piano in a unique way that does not require them to take lessons. This is pretty interesting. After quitting piano lessons five times and spending nearly a decade of research um, research and development, Stephen developed a patented method that simplifies music theory and reduces stress and anxiety. This is pretty interesting, pretty interesting stuff. We may even get to it. Steve, how's it going? It's going good, Joe. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. good. Uh, So you're in Texas, is that right? Yes, I am. I'm right in Arlington, Texas right now. Oh, in Arlington. All right. And what's it like there today? It's pretty good weather. It's getting a little warmer this time of year in the 80s, you know. Man, okay. Yeah, we're in the middle of a heat wave for us. It's barely summer, and it's going to be 90 today and even hotter tomorrow, so, which is pretty rare for the for where I'm at. I'm in the the west side of Oregon, so it usually doesn't get this hot. Yeah, wow. west side yeah. of Oregon. It's like, it's like we switched, uh, you know, areas, right? Texas is normally hotter than... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, normally it'd be a lot hotter in Texas, but the country's having a heat wave. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, really nice to have you on the show. Thanks for getting in touch. And uh, how how did you hear about the show? I'm always curious how people heard about the podcast, and because um, you're one you're one of the one of my early guests that have that have reached out and got a hold of me just blindly. Um, I haven't actually answered all those emails. <laughs> <laughs> so many emails, right? Well, you know, that's a good question. I, uh, I have been a lover of podcasts for years and years before they were the thing, you know, and, uh, just fumbling through and came across your podcast. The name is actually what stood out to me. Were you still talking? You know, I was like, well, what is that about? I got to hear this. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's good to hear because it's, uh, it's so hard to come up with a name and uh, a friend of mine helped him with that. I'm sure I got to point that out or, or he, will, um, he will never help me name another podcast, but uh, <laughs> he's been on the podcast a, a few yeah. times. He may be going by John today. And um, yeah, yeah, so that's great. It's good to hear that people are discovering it now. Absolutely. So. I was curious about the uh, the piano. You quit piano. You you started five. If you quit, what three times? 
No, I quit five times. Five times. Five times. Which yeah. means you started five times. Started five times. And, yeah. you know, I, I think I might have the record for that. You know, <laughs> if any, you know, there's a lot of people that quit the animal, but how many quit five times? How many start five times, right? It's true. That's a lot of tenacity. What, uh, not only what made you go back, but what made you stop? Well, what made me stop tended to, it tends to be the same thing, you know, it, in a, in a different sense though, you know, when I was a kid is when I first started uh, taking piano lessons and I was forced, you know, to do so by my mother. I right. love her and I thank sure. her for it because <laughs> she got this started, right? Um, but like many children who are forced to eat food that they don't like to eat, you know, uh, even though you know it's good for you, if you don't want to do it, at the time, you know, it's just, it's just not going to work. You're going to resist against it. So I made a little progress, but as soon as I could, I was out. So was it, um, did you enjoy any part of it or was it just like, yeah. no, this is not for me. I don't, why would I learn piano? Right. Yeah. I, I love piano. Even back then, I always, I remember seeing my grandfather's, you know, piano in his house out in Tyler, Texas, and it just, it, it kept drawing me to it. And uh, I love piano, I still say, but I just hated the piano lessons. And, you know, in, in a sense, that's what kept pulling me back throughout the years to, to the piano. So when um, did you go back, like when you were a kid, were you forced back into lessons? Or like, what, what was kind of the progression of going back and going okay. back and... Because I actually started playing trumpet, it ended up being a drummer. So I understand. Yeah. I understand about that. Yeah, and that's interesting. You know, we never know how it's going to end up. But uh, no, the first time I was forced, every other time I went back to it, and that's why I say, you know, even though my mother pushed me in that direction against my will, I'm so glad she did it. You know, because it ended up um, being really productive, and and I love it. So. So that's awesome. I mean, how long have you played piano since you got since you figured out how to play? I mean, how to learn. <laughs> right. Every little lesson, I'm sorry, every lesson has been a step in the direction, right? But I didn't really find freedom with piano or, you know, get it to a point to where I enjoy it until maybe about six years ago, maybe five years ago. And uh Piano for me is not something I wanted to study. It's just something I wanted to enjoy playing. If that oh, and that's, that's great. That's another uh, good point. And I, I, like, I like that you brought that up because um, I think that ruins music for a lot of people when they're sort of forced into studying music. I mean, some people love that. Like some, for some people, that's their jam. They, the studying part is a big part of it. I think that's a big part of people who become really successful to me part of talent is is being able to you know stay at something for a long 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 time um but for others that's not it's let's just you know it's more fun just to to have fun um what is like what do you like what do you like to play do you just like to jam on the piano doing whatever you want or yeah you, yeah. you know the the freedom that i found has enabled me actually to enjoy other types of music you know when i so when I was a child, I was pretty much learning classical music, or you might even say like the nursery rhymes, you know, you start off playing Twinkle Twinkle, Little Star, and then you make it to Mary Had a Little Lamb, and then you, 
you know, but as I became an adult, I was more wanting to rock out, jam, you know, play jazz. And then, you know, when I gained that freedom of being able to, I really started to like the classical as well and, and the standards, you know, uh, just kind of interesting how that happened. It brought me back full circle to where I started. Oh, yeah, that's great. That, that's really interesting. Some of the, uh, almost all of the drummers that I taught, that I learned from, famous drummers, that is, I learned from a lot of drummers. You know, I had drum teachers as well. They almost all played piano, almost every one of them. I never have learned to play piano. Uh, I'm sure it's not too late, but yeah, that's been a big part of um, some of the best drummers of the world is there. They seem to all have that in common, that they're also piano players. A lot of them composers as well, so... Uh, it's it's definitely the instrument to learn, but it's great that it drew you to some other kinds to other kinds of music that normally you you know that you weren't doing before. Yeah. Do you have yeah. fa Do you have like favorites um, piano players at all, or do you not even listen to that? You just listen to music. I, I just listen to music at at my age right now. I just kind of generalize music. I don't get into too many niches. I find the beauty in all these different elements, and I take what I like from it. So. Um, I, as a child, as a teenager, I put myself in these different boxes. And, you know, as I grew, I said, no, you know, there's beauty out there to be discovered. So let me, let me widen out a little bit and go find it. And that's awesome. I mean, it's also great that, well, for one, that you didn't give up. And for another, that you found a different way to learn it because everyone learns differently. I think that's what turns a lot of people off to music. Um, one thing, I, I had a drum teacher years ago that basically said, you know, at the beginning or end of your practice, preferably at the end, you should just do whatever you want. Just do whatever, you know, practice for 15 minutes, right. half hour right. on whatever you're studying, and then just do what right. you want. Just right. play. And I've always thought that was a good philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Because people yeah, do yeah. have... Did you find, I mean, is it, was that part of it that you just thought you had a different way of learning than other people? Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying because, you know, I, I think that people do learn in different ways. And a lot of times, you know, in hindsight, as I think through my education, you know, my education was fine, but other people's experience, we're all put in the same class, right? And we're all taught in the same way. And now, nowadays, people are much more open to understanding that there are different ways to learn. Some people are auditory, some people are visual learners, some people are kinetic, you know, or, uh, you, you know, it's just so many different ways to do the same thing. So why force everybody down the same funnel? And when you look at the results for music, I'll say piano, you know, everybody wants to play it, but most people quit when they start. Right. It's true. I think people get discouraged really easily because it gets hard really fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, drumming, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. You're right, because those lessons, they start off so easy, right? Mm -hmm. Play middle C, play this. You, you're using two fingers here and there. Chapter three, lesson five, you know, it just gets so deep. It's like the jump is so tremendous that it's, it's just way up there, and, and it's just difficult. Yeah, I've heard, and I've 
heard this a lot from people who play. I mean, I, I talked to, I've talked to a lot of people who started playing drums and then they realize, well, wait a minute, this, this gets really hard when you have to keep time right. and play all this stuff. You know, right. just to sit out on a drum set and bash is great. And everyone should do yeah. that. But, um, you know, if you're going to play with a band, then it gets r- uh, way harder, way oh, yeah. harder, real fast. I, I had a couple of built-in um, uh, abilities, I guess, because I could keep time. Awesome. That, that was one talent I had. I could keep time. So that's probably why I kept with it, because that part was easy. But, yeah, once I started figuring out that... Um, I could make it way easier if I learn more. That's the bizarre thing, is that the more you learn, the easier it can be. Oh, yeah. You know, you right. really struggle at first, but if you if right. you learn about what you're doing, it can be a lot easier. It can be, but who sticks around? You know, most people drop out before. One of the books I love is by Malcolm Gladwell. You know, several books by Malcolm Gladwell, and he talks about it takes ten thousand hours to become an expert. Right. Who's got that much time, 10,000 hours to devote to a hobby? You know, for most of us, it's just a hobby, right? It's something we want to do. But for me, I didn't have that much time. So I saw other, you know, avenues too. <laughs> it's interesting you brought him up because I have been um, digesting a whole bunch of his stuff lately. I, oh, wow. He suddenly showed up everywhere on my YouTube feed. I don't know if you ever go on YouTube, but, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, it takes you down different rabbit holes. And yep. suddenly he was everywhere. So I thought I would, oh, let me get this book. And um, a few, I was actually a few chapters in before I realized, well, this book's 10 years old or more right. um, that talks about the 10,000 hours. But right. um, I think it's interesting. It is great reading the book because it was so much deeper than most people talked about. The 10,000 hours was a way to describe, um, it's, it wasn't like you're going to be an expert in 10,000 hours. It was more of all these people that you see that uh, you know, are really good at something, maybe they're only 12, they put in 10,000 hours. Right. You know, it's, it's not like they just jumped up and said, I'm really, I can do this. You know, yeah, I, I can fly airplanes. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, yeah. it's an interesting theory. And I even, I heard him dissect it a little more in a talk and it's very, um, it made a lot of sense to me. It made me, I've got more than 10,000 hours in on the drums, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, you made it. You made I, it. I did. I made it to that point. Um, and it also, because also what was important about that is that the the amount of time it took you to do 10,000 hours made a big difference. Like one of my favorite drummers um, is named Dave Weckl, and he's played with hundreds of different jazz people, uh, hundreds. He's an amazing drummer, but he probably got 10,000 hours in like a five or 10 year period, like a really short amount of time. Because he sat in his apartment every day for five to 10 hours in New York when he was going to school you know, really putting in the time, yeah. really putting in the time. So that, I think that makes a difference too. It's just, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, but I also agree that you do not have to spend 10,000 hours. It's something to have fun. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's so not necessary. When do we get to let loose and have fun? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, another thing, Joe, that, uh, you know, I've observed and experiences in those lessons is very strict you know, very disciplined about how you do things, how you sit, how you do this, that, and all of those things always say it's correct. You know, these people are teaching you the correct way to do things and it works. However, 
what that does to some of us is it causes us stress and anxiety. And then that piles up along with the technical aspects of trying to learn. So that's why I call myself a recovering piano student, because I have began to shed all of those uh, preconceived notions about what I have to do to play piano or to, to enjoy music, really. Right. And that's, see, that's great. I think that's a really good concept. Uh, I just wanted a little technical note. When you hit your mic, it's really loud. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> so if people who aren't watching the video, that's, that's the mic being touched. Don't you just, uh, not, not going to cut. I'm not going to edit that out. You're in the middle of saying important stuff. So how did you come on? The, I mean, how did you come up with this idea, this method? So that's a good question. I started with where I left off from my piano lessons. So I needed a, a ground floor position to start. So what I did is I took elements of what I learned from sheet music and music theory, but yet I, I took those things and I started thinking of how can I make this easier? How can I make it simpler um, to understand? So I just kept breaking down music theory you know, and it was a very rigid process to get down to the nitty gritty. Basically, I wanted to get so basic that anybody could understand how to play music on a piano. And um, how were you still motivated? I guess you really love piano, right? Because, oh, yeah. you know, you quit five times. You were still motivated right. to come up with a, a better way to learn. So... I'm guessing you really you love the instrument. You love music. Oh, oh yeah. I, yeah. I love music. And when I, when I listen to musicians, you name it, you know, Stevie Wonder, Elton John, uh, you know, I've always been impressed by the blind musicians that can play. Cause I'm like, I'm not even blind and I can't, I can't even do that. You know, I, I can't hardly do it. And I feel bad because, you know, they're great at it. Right. Yeah, and, uh, that's it. Yeah. Interesting. But not just in them, you know, you got children who are just very fluent at it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love piano. I love guitar. I love drums. I love it all. I just, for, for whatever reason, piano is the one that I, uh, you know, have invested most of my life to. So. so you also play, do you play guitar and drums as well? Oh, do you play no. Others? Oh, no. No, 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 no drums. You know, I picked up a uh, guitar a little bit around the time when my son was right before my son was being born, but that was the end of that. <laughs> oh, happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Are Who you knows when people would be listening to this, but happy Father's Day. Right. <laughs> uh, and happy day after uh, Juneteenth. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I really am shocked that they made that into a national holiday. Yeah, I mean, it's great, but I was Me just too. surprised. that. Me too, big surprise. It, yeah. Big surprise. Good thing. Uh, especially a good thing for all the people that got yesterday off. <laughs> what was yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> it was Friday. This it was, was Wait a okay. minute. No. It they was got Saturday. Friday right? off. Yesterday was Saturday. Nobody got so, yesterday off. Everyone worked. Off. I, yeah. I am so jealous about that. So are you what are you working now? Are you working at home? Yeah. Yes. Like, is, is this your main deal? No, this is not my main. This is not my main deal. This is something that I take very seriously, and I'm working to make it my main deal. So, oh, <laughs> one day, you, know, you know, this is my dream is really to help people 
to do something like me that I was told I couldn't do, right? Something that I didn't believe that I could do, something that I quit and just kept at it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's totally awesome. And I mean, how can you go into a little bit like what, how is it different than um, the traditional way of learning piano? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The basically uh, most people learn piano, you know, when they learn it, they're learning music theory and they're learning um, sheet music, how to read sheet music. And I compare sheet music to a foreign language that you are trying to learn how to read. Right. Mm -hmm. And the theory of music theory is very complex. You know, some people ask, why is piano so difficult to learn? Well, guess what? You got to learn a foreign language and you can't, you can't look at your hands as you're trying to uh, uh, speak that language, right? On the piano, you've got to have a lot of focus. You've got to be somewhat ambidextrous, right? You got to play with your left hand and your right hand, regardless of whether you're right-handed or left-handed. So your brain is trying to do a lot of work. My method simplifies those things because it converts music theory, it converts sheet music into colors and numbers. And it provides basically a template that guides you along the way. It shows you how to play the keys on your piano. And did you come up with the idea from Guitar Hero at all? Actually, my, <laughs> it, sounds like that. it sounds similar to that, right? Similar. Well, I always thought that was a, a really I, good way for people to learn. That game's I, pretty I, cool. I agree. I think that's cool, but I compare it more to paint by piano, paint by numbers for piano, mm -hmm. because it's mm -hmm. more of a static uh, template. It's not something that, you know, you have animations and graphics moving around. For some people, that is just too much activity still, right? Those animations oh, yeah. and things like that. So yeah. I like to keep it simple. And the method is based on the science of simplification. So have you, did you discover at some point that you were someone who saw things more like in colors that saw, because I know people do see things different ways. Um, my wife sees things like if you ask her what kind of car that is, she'll say red. You know, she she doesn't see it. Right. A Tesla like I do. She yeah. sees a blue car. So right. it's it's interesting. Well, yeah, that is interesting. You know, and everybody is different. For me, I I observe a lot. I've always been very very not cautious, but aware and visually uh, stimulated by 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 color. So yeah, I, I mm -hmm. guess you can say that that is. Uh, one of the things that probably went into it. Yeah, because I, I go ahead. I know they're discovering that more and more. Is that some people's brains are just more attuned to visual things, and some people's brains are more attuned to audio things. You know, and right. some people's brains are uh, writing makes more sense, or the something on a page. Um, which, and like we were saying earlier, I hope we were saying this on the podcast. We, um, you know, people learn differently, and they do try and make everyone learn the same. Uh, when you're in school, which is, it's interesting because learning certain things is important if you want to go to college. And it's unfortunate that they, they wait, that it usually takes till someone's in college before they find out, oh, there's all these different ways to learn things. Uh, it would be nice if they could do that in, in uh, earlier, earlier in people's educations, because not everyone's going to make it to college. 
On the same token, I think that throwing out the idea of people learning basic reading and math is a terrible idea, Oregon. But that's a side <laughs> note. Sorry. I was not aware of that, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to pass a law that allows people to graduate high school without basic reading and basic math skills. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. That's yeah, I, really scary I, uh, to me. I don't go to that extent, right? Yeah. We all need the basics. We got to have the basics to su survive. We got to be able to go to the grocery store, give the guy a $20 bill and get the right change back, right? So, no, I don't go to that extreme. But what I do say is that we need to provide more options. Just like you said, Joel. Yeah. Um, there is a certain segment of the population, a high percentage that will not complete their piano lesson. And it's for whatever reason, they don't have time, they're not, you know, technical enough or whatever, they don't have the natural ability. And I'm here to serve that subset of the population. Yeah, and I think that's a wonderful, a wonderful thing. And it's probably a bigger, it's probably a big part of the population, you know, a huge part oh, of the yeah. population. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting because I play a percussion instrument and I play drum set, if you're a percussionist, you learn like a piano player. You know, percussionists usually learn in starting early in their school school um, career, and they learn to read music just like piano music because, you know, orchestras have percussion parts. Most of the time that I meet drummers, or a lot of them, not all of them, um, they learn from, from just from playing. You know, someone taught them how to play. They started playing with bands. They learned more and more and more. And eventually, maybe they learn how to read. I mean, it's different if someone goes to um, college for percussion or and learns drum set. But uh, it just seems like a lot. It's it's kind of the opposite for drums. That a lot of times, uh, and this is how it was for me. I learned how to read after I'd played a while, and then I realized if I could read, it would really help. And occasionally now someone gives me a part that's written out and boy, I'm so glad that I learned how to read music. And it is another language, but it's an, once you, it's not like, um, it's not as foreign as say Chinese or Japanese. Oh no. You know, no. it's more like learning German. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say German. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. And you know, my, my method is really like a stepping stone for some and for others it, it's the, it's, it's what they'll rock out with, you know. Um, I don't close the door on any, any other form of learning. I'm just a new way that is helping other people. Yeah, and that's great. That's great. And so, um, what to, like, where can people find out about this stuff? Let's so, get into that. Where do you, how, yeah. how do people find out about how to make, how to control shiftpiano.com? Yes, controlshiftpiano.com. And if you go directly to controlshiftpiano.com slash templates, you can download a, a free copy of a piano template. I can show you what it looks like right here for those on video. Is that what you thought it would look like, Joel? Not really. I mean, I was trying to visualize it. But Did you want me to hold it up? Again? Yeah, hold that up for one more second. Okay. Yeah, so that's more like, uh, it's interesting because it looks like the test pattern on a television a little bit. <laughs> you may be not old enough to even know that. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm old enough. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, used to be test patterns that would come up when a, a channel signed off that looked a little bit right. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
No, it's pretty cool. You know, it, it allows, it helps people to, to know what to do and the pressure is gone. You just sit there, chill out and follow the patterns on the piano template. So that's awesome. Have you thought about, um, animating it? Have you thought about making it, uh, into sort of a, like a, an animated type program where they can fall, you know, where it moves along and they can follow right. it or do you have, I, I, I've considered that, but if I were to do it, it would be in a different way than what is currently being done. Because mm -hmm. what, what I see on the animations, they just go so quickly, um, you know, and they're helpful. Um, but I take pride in the fact that this is something that it relaxes you. You know, you don't have to worry about any moving parts and pieces. And it's just so simple. I, I just really want to keep it simple. That's awesome. That's awesome because I think that's a really, I think that's extremely helpful for people learning anything, any kind of a thing. So, what do you do? You have a job outside of the piano? Uh, yes, I what do. You, I work right now as a design engineer. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds like it's the same area. I mean, you're designing well, something. <laughs> you know, I, when I think about my career and also other factors, you know, I'm a programmer. I have a love for music and a design engineer. So all these elements actually came together in a way I never knew it would. And it, you know, formed itself into this, uh, this thing that I'm doing right now with piano. So, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. you, did you go to school for engineering? Actually, how did, I, how did you get into that? I did to a degree. I didn't get a degree in it, but I did go to school for um, CAD design. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. I just stuck with that for years. I've been in that for, oh man, I don't, I don't know how long, you know, <laughs> quite a while. Right. So uh, along the way I picked up uh, a programming and just never knew where it would lead me to. Mm -hmm. And so are you able to, do you go to an office now or are you working at home? What's, what's the situation there? It's just beginning to open up more and more. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I go out, I see most people with no mask and, you know, it's everybody's returning to work, returning to grocery stores and things like that. So it's beginning to go back to work here in Texas. Okay. Yeah. I thought it's, it, uh, that's what I hear on the news, but you know, you never know. But yeah. <laughs> never it, know it almost, by the news. It almost looks normal. You know what I mean? It's weird yeah. because we've been walking around with these masks for, for good reason, I'm sure. But it almost looks normal out there, which is strange. Yeah, we're not there yet in Oregon, but we're getting there. We still have masks. People are starting to take them off for um, for outside, anything outside. Um, but we still, anytime you go in a business, they want you to wear masks, at least where I am. Some parts of Oregon, that's probably not true. But huh. yeah, where I am, every everyone wears a mask inside. So it's almost weird because... We're starting to get relaxed about not wearing it, and and I've I'm vaccinated, so I'm really feeling pretty safe. Um, right. But the, so you forget when you go in a store sometimes that they do want yeah. you to wear it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that that sounds interesting. How they're doing it different everywhere. You know, here it seems like it's on the honor system. You go into uh, the grocery store, and they got a sign that says, "If you've been vaccinated, you can not wear a mask." Well, who knows who's been vaccinated? Nobody knows. Right. Uh, Starbucks, right. you know, they are, I think they're still requiring a mask. So there's still certain uh, stores, I guess, that have their own standards. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, we are, 
I we're in the category like um, with our infection rate and stuff where we should be doing that. It seems like, but uh, I think enough businesses and um, aren't there yet. Like they're not ready to right. to risk their employees' health to that level. So I understand that. yeah, I completely understand that hundred percent. And I and I don't know how like. Um, I should feel very safe because according to all the data and all the science, which I believe uh, the vaccine's supposed to be very effective, but uh, yeah, just not sure about all that stuff. Yeah, some things we never know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I think we've seen uh, the numbers decline in, in some areas. I know in my area, it was uh, around the start of the year that we really saw January, I think was the worst in my area, but oh man, it, it just took a nosedive as far as the uh, amount of it, uh, people with um, the virus. So it's mm -hmm. positive. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I, I think I'm talking about the virus on every every podcast <laughs> now. So. Well, it's still relevant, right? <laughs> it is. It's We've been still... living in this for, what is it, a year and some change, right? A year plus. Right. And that's what's so bizarre about just suddenly shifting and going back to normal. And it's such a surprise because it's a surprise one that the the rates are going down so fast because I didn't expect that, especially because there's a lot of people that don't want to get vaccinated. So I didn't think the rates would be dropping like they are um, in, in most states and definitely in Oregon. I mean, it's plummeting. Um, so now, I mean, the whole idea was to make it uh, to make the hospitals able to take patients. That was that was the idea of lockdown. And we seem to be there. I mean, the, the hospitals can handle the load that they're getting. Um, it's just, you know, everyone's in shock. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm one of those people. I'm like, I'm just not sure how ready I am to, to just go back to what I was doing. I, I mean, yeah. I'm ready, but I, mentally it's, it's a shock. Well, yeah, me too. You know, I want to be maskless as much, you know, mm -hmm. I, I feel somewhat safe. Like I feel a, uh, what is it, a barrier around myself, but I'm still... I'm still throwing on the mask every now and then, you know, <laughs> right. just to be safe, just to be extra safe. And are you back in the office or were you always a work at home person? I mean, some people just work at home. <laughs> no, my company was very, uh, you know, old school with that. But, mm -hmm. you know, of course we went home. Now they want everybody back into the office as much as possible. So they haven't done a return to work um, 100%, but as soon as they get to go the green light, I'm sure they will. <laughs> but they Just haven't yet so because uh, some companies have so right yeah that's fortunate yeah. that they haven't because of, yeah, yeah. I, I i think we learned a lot about having a flexible um you know work situation there are some gains that we got from family time to you know downtime to to not have to be in traffic so there's some benefits that i, I think come from being remote um, then there's some other things that you gain from being in the office interacting. Yeah, I'm um, still, well, definitely, you, I mean, obviously you get to be around people, you get to socialize with people. The, um, some, I think a lot of places were finding that was a lot of, there was a lot of wasted time that people got, some people, the majority of people perhaps, got more work done at home. The amazing thing to me is I stopped driving. I was almost... I walked to work anyway, and my wife took her car, uh, took a bus, but we started shopping less. You know, we would buy a bunch at a time, and we started 
figuring out when we needed something, you know, we would figure out how to do it in the shortest amount of time possible. So we are still doing that. And uh, it's just bizarre. I have to have a trickle charger on my car because the battery dies because it's sitting so long. <laughs> it's, it's really yeah, weird. It's, it is weird. And I'm, I'm trying to think of the last time I've been in the Costco or, you know, it's, it's just, it's different. Yeah. It, it'll be yeah. a lot of first going back and trying to be normal. Right. It'll be, it'll be a shift. It'll be a huge right. shift. I don't, I'm wanting a new car and I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> Never even dry. Hey, hey, get some new shoes. You know, yeah, you walk you to work anyway. Be there good. you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I don't do anything. I, I'm pretty much retired except for the oh. podcast. So, yeah. Well, hey. Now I just hang better. out. Yeah, I'm very, very fortunate that way. Oh, extremely, yeah. Extremely, extremely fortunate. Um, so, is there anything else that I forgot to ask you? No, I, I don't. You know, I'm just an open book about it. Uh, I... I uh, don't think there's anything you forgot to ask me. If, if you got any questions, I'm more than happy to, to answer. I think I've, uh, I think I've gone on about just about everything. We, oh, we were talking about Malcolm Gladwell for just a second. I did want to, do you listen to his podcast? I have not listened to his podcast at all. I, the last thing I actually listened to him was his book, Talking to Strangers. Mm -hmm. I got the, the audio book and I was amazed. I could not believe it. That and really blows my mind because I'm, that's what I'm reading right now. Oh my goodness. I, I, it, yeah. Yeah. I probably should read it, but listening. So he, he narrates the audio book too. Mm -hmm. And he's got some live audio from the actual events uh, as they occurred. It is amazing. I rarely review anything on, you know, Amazon, but I was, I was wild. All right. That makes me want to now go get the audio book. Oh, um, I'm actually reading it from a library. I don't know if people oh, remember wow. those. But what is I, that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great online uh, library setup, so I can download it and read it. Um, but I think they have the audio book too. And knowing from what you just told me, now I want to get the audiobook. That is an amazing, amazing book. But I think you would love his podcast is uh, Revisionist okay. History. Okay. And uh, I think you would love it because not only is it Malcolm Gladwell, but right. he is, um, the stories are incredible. Like the, the, the episodes and they're, they're 30 minutes. So they're fairly short. Um, you know, a real podcast should be over an hour. Right. Oh. And, uh, the, <laughs> but he also does the, he's the opposite of me. He, he, uh, produces it like a bunch. He probably has a team yeah. helping him produce. Oh, so yeah. it's, yeah. you know, they, they'll go to different clips and they'll go to different, you know, he'll interview different people about the story. And it's just amazing because it's like the, uh, it's like the book, but it's each episode is, um, a different piece of history and delving into, pieces of history that we didn't even, that I didn't even think about. I think there's two or three seasons of it. So yeah, definitely something you might want to check out. So yeah, cool. I, I will. I mean, that's, that's another example of, of the new, new age of learning. You know, we can learn so much from, from just listening to history ta taught to us in a different way, right? Through a podcast or through a YouTube, it, it doesn't matter. It's true. I mean, I, I, 
I would I would like to say it doesn't matter, but apparently it does matter because some of the information put out there is not oh, not what? the best. Not no, the best. Uh, we it, talked about that in my last podcast, so we don't need to go into that now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got another hour to stick around. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, oh boy. Um, of course, this podcast is all factual. Everything said oh, is one hundred percent correct. Um, so this is where you should get all your information all day long. <laughs> well, hey, um, it's it's been great having you on the show. I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you reaching out. That's Thank awesome. You. I, I feel very privileged to have uh, been able to tell you what I was still talking about. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm still talking. You're still talking? Until, and you will keep talking about it. Even right. after the podcast, will. you will yes. keep talking. Um, yeah, I, it's great. Great to have you on. I love to hear about new methods of learning. That's, that's important stuff. It's cool. Um, and I guess I'll just go, uh, uh, where was that? You've been listening to, were you still talking? This is Joel Obrick, and my guest today has been Stephen Jenkins, or Steve if you prefer. And we've been talking about new ways of learning and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And I hope you listen to all the other podcasts and share them. I mean, it's totally okay to share it with your friends. This is, uh, it's not a secret podcast or anything. You're welcome to help me, help me make it grow. This is something I forget to ask people all the time. But I sure appreciate you listening. And I appreciate everyone who's been a guest on the show. That is a... That's great. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, then reach out. If you can't find my information through all the podcast sites or the YouTube, then never mind. <laughs> Come on. Come on. All right. So, uh, as I always say, be good to each other and be good to yourself. <laughs>